being a fiddle player is like being a storyteller because you're bringing people's emotions out and you're bringing hundreds and hundreds of years of tradition out by playing a certain tune that's that old. That's Adam Daniel, leading Métis fiddler, teacher, and the person who plays our theme song that you are hearing right now. He's our guest today on Peki UK, the Métis Culture Podcast. Brought to you by the Métis Nations, Saskatchewan, and Canadian Geographic. Welcome, Pitigwe Tanshikia. I'm Leah Marie Dorian. I'm a Métis artist and writer living near Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, and the host of Peki UK. Peki UK means come and visit. And on this series, we invite you to join us as we go on a journey, exploring our rich Michif language and Métis culture. Tanshe. Tanshe. Over 10 episodes, we travel to Métis communities all over Saskatchewan, talking with Michif elders, educators, artists, and cultural leaders, and learning about what they are doing to keep the Michif language and culture vibrant and alive for future generations. Masi, enjoy. On this episode of Piki UK, I'm thrilled to be exploring Métis music and fiddling with one of our own top fiddlers, Adam Daniel. Adam is a northern Métis from Isle Cross and a graduate from Suntep in Prince Albert. A veteran fiddler, he released his album entitled Métis Fiddling, Sequence and Team Dancing in 2016. He has played for audiences across Canada and the United States and has taught traditional fiddling to Métis children here in Saskatchewan. Adam says he likes to preserve Métis traditions and cultural practices. I enjoy playing the fiddle, it makes people smile and dance, and the fiddle has always been in the north. Adam currently teaches at the Ochis First Nation School in Rocky Mountain House, Alberta. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you. Adam, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your Métis cultural background, where you grew up? I grew up in northern Saskatchewan, community called Isle of Cross. Also, I spent a lot of my summers in a place called Pine River, mm-hmm. and that is 15 miles away from Beauval, heading towards Patchenac on the uh, Beaver River system. Mm. Yeah, that's where I spent a lot of my young years. And then in the school months, I had to go to town to go to school. So Isle of Cross is basically where I lived. It's a beautiful, historic Métis community. Adam, did you speak the Michif Cree language in, in your school or in your home? No, I never spoke Michif language in the school, but it was more dominant in my household. My late grandmother and grandfather, Albert and Marielle Louise Dinu, raised me from birth. And dominantly, the language that was used in my house was Kremichif. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for learning fiddle, you know, you come from a community where music is just a way of life for the Northern Métis. Did you have fiddle players in, in your home? Did you have it in your family? Yes. I hear stories about one of my ancestors, my grandpa's dad's brother, and I believe his name was Harry Dinu, and he lived 
I think around the Flying Dust area and eventually got married into uh, Waterhen Lake uh, Reserve, Cree Nation. Mm-hmm. And I hear stories that he was a uh, very, very good fiddle player. Yeah, I just love the northern fiddle music that you have. It's uh, it's up the whole northwest side, different Métis-style music. So can you tell me where you learned to play it? It's in your blood, but where did, is there some, are you self-taught? Did someone sit with you? Yes, I'm self-taught. Uh, a lot of the time uh, being a younger person growing up in Isle of Cross, my first instrument was the guitar. And I, I picked that up and just wanted to learn as much as I possibly could, as fast as I could. About maybe three years into playing that, my late grandfather, Albert, one day asked, why don't you try the violin? At the time, being a young adolescent, I thought, who wants to play violin? You know, I'm not an old man. <laughs> and back back in those days it wasn't the cool thing to do you know play violin mm-hmm. but one evening I I thought about it hard and then I said you know what I should take that challenge and try to play it just to prove to him that I can so we went on a trip to Regina and when we were in Regina we walked into this pawn shop and there was hundreds of fiddles all around hanging on the wall. As I was looking at these violins, I didn't know what which one to take or or what. I didn't know. And it's got four strings, and it's not a guitar. You hold it up up against your chin, and you use a little stick with hair on it. Oh man, what did I get myself into? I thought. <laughs> and that's how it happened. I, I picked one out and bought a new pair of strings, tried to put the strings on the violin and tried to tune it and tried to get some kind of noise out of it. <laughs> so it was very hard in the beginning because no, I didn't, I didn't have anybody there to teach me anything about it. That's, that's where the learning started, I guess. Learning through uh, inquiry yep. by seeing. And, and really desperately wanting to know how to do that. It happened. Oh, geez, Adam, it's you've come so far. It's so nice, you know, for our listeners who want to just, it just, you can, if you want something, you can learn it on your own. You know, that's yes. a good message. Good message. Well, you know, my next question is, what is the first songs that Adam played on that fiddle? <laughs> What's your first songs you learned to play? <laughs> well, aside from all of the... Uh, Cat scratching, I guess. <laughs> yes, I can relate. Oh, geez. Yeah. I, I finally figured out how to tune the violin, how to get a, a grip on it, and how to get some noise out of it. Mm-hmm. The first tune I, I, I learned ever, I, I guess, would be Maple Sugar. Because it was dominant, I guess. It was like when you hear that maple sugar tune playing, it's like the tune, right? Oh, it's a classic. Everyone has to learn maple sugar. (laughs) Yes. My father, when he first learned to play in Carberlin House, 
he learned uh, Rubber Dolly, an old song, and then he used to combine it with Maple Sugar. So you brought a good memory, Adam, back. Adam, um, do you have any other people in your community of Illacross who influenced your musical abilities, like encouraged you to get out and share some of your your gifts with the community? Yeah, there, there were a few older fiddle players that were like really, really old. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they were good players in their time, I guess, when they were younger. My elder, the late Harry Morin, would be one of them. You know, being a young person and he used to come to the fiddle dances, he was always seen wherever there's a fiddle, you're going to see old Harry Morin there. <laughs> and, and then he used to come visit my, my grandfather and drink tea. And then one day he asked my grandfather, you should send your, your grandson here over to my house. I can show him. And that's kind of where it advanced even more to the next level. Mm-hmm. Where where we would sit down in his living room and uh, he would say, this is how Métis music is played. This is how it should sound. These are the types of tunes that we play. These are the types of tunes that I used to hear when I was a child. He influenced it by a lot of old records and uh, eight tracks. I don't know if anybody knows what those are anymore. I didn't even know what that was when he showed them to me. (laughs) They're like these big square, giant cassette tapes that look like a video game, right? Mm -hmm. So he had this player, uh, a record player that could all play, you know, the round records. And it also played eight tracks and he had boxes and boxes of records and eight tracks and all kinds of recordings from fiddle players right across the country. What a collection. Holy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And, and that's where and why I say my playing advanced to the next level uh, because he was there to mentor me, to show me, to observe to give his opinion and to make sure, you know, that I was doing right. Geez, you know, having a traditional mentor, it just makes such a difference. Thank you for acknowledging him. Adam, do you have any favorite tunes that you like to play? I know you learned Maple Sugar, but is there other songs in your whole repertoire of songs that you really enjoy playing? You know, I really enjoy playing sequence dancing tunes because as a fiddle player I kind of see it now being a little bit more mature in life getting a little bit older it kind of changed for me like when I was younger I would do it to show off to say that yeah I'm the best fiddler in the northwest you know (laughs) I kind of deal today now my viewpoint and my feelings kind of changed about everything and that's why I say I like playing sequence dances because as a fiddle player I see myself as a storyteller as a traditional knowledge keeper you know practicing traditional custom like that fiddle music is something big for our people and when I'm playing these team dances like the heel toe polka where you have two people get on the floor, hold each other and dance and laugh. 
you see the laughter, you see people in the dance hall visiting, you see old people's faces light up because they have memories from 50, 60 years ago, you know? That's where it's at for me today. And mm -hmm. that's, that's how I like to play and that's what I like to play. You know, it's, oh, geez, you know, my son's grandpa, Richard Lafferty from Northwest Territories, he used to say he just, he loved playing, but when people danced, that's when yeah. he played even harder. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for that, Adam. Richard um, Lafferty was actually one of the uh, fiddle players that I really listened to growing up. I, I had all of his cassette tapes. I think I still do. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the cassette tape of him where he's standing against a big snow wall and there's a door and he's holding his fiddle case? Yes. Yeah, that, that, that was my favorite cassette tape. Oh my God, me too. I just love old, old Musham's uh, music, you know? Oh, thank you, Adam. You just made my day with that. I did not know you had his old cassette. Oh, geez. Now, do you have any favorite fiddle players that you try to emulate or, you know, that inspire you besides, you know, the mentors you've had? You mentioned Richard Lafferty. You knew my son's grandfather. Do you have any other fiddle players that just, you know, you like to follow? Oh, where do I start? There's so many. It's a very, very hard question. But my favorite fiddle players from the beginning were Reg Bouvet. Andy Dijolet from the Red River area. Patty. Hello there, I'm Patty Kesterock. Of course, from Winnipeg. Then there's Jason Lapine. You know, a whole bunch of Dean Smith, my friend from Prince Albert, I like his playing. And then there's a whole bunch of young upcoming fiddle players that are just starting to be really, really good. It's always good to see. But I, I, I feel that my style of playing, I tried to stick with the old style, if that makes any sense, the real traditional style of playing. And the types of tunes that I play are all basically is what you're going to get in the Northwest region, Northern Saskatchewan area, right? Adam, this is why I chose to speak with you, because I felt at your age, I felt you've really held our traditions in the music. You really are rooted. And I'm really happy that you see that in your music also. So the CD, Adam Daniel Métis Fiddling Sequence and Team Dancing Music, was made in 2016. Why did you decide to make your first album? Ah, uh, this is actually my second album. Oh, your second. Sorry, Adam. The first album I made was about... 15 years earlier and I did that one with Harvey Knight out of Prince Albert Many World Studios. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and that, that CD was a yellow 
cover and it was titled Apitogo's Son. Now this this uh recording here is my newest one, the one I did in uh twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. The reason why I recorded this one was just to have fun basically and to get my uh music out there, I guess, because people were asking for it and you know, sometimes I'd be playing a gig somewhere and they'd say, when, when are you going to do your next CD? Uh, when are you going to record again? Mm-hmm. It was always in the back of my head, bring it out and do something. And then an opportunity came and I did it. I just went in and started and did it. When you did it at Mosaic uh, Music right here in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, all local. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Adam, did you get any funding for that CD project to help kickstart? Because it's expensive recording in a studio. No, no, I didn't, actually. I, I didn't get any funding to uh, do the CD. It's basically all paid from right out of my pocket. Well, we're so proud of you for putting that investment in your music. Adam, if anybody wants to purchase one, are they still able to buy them? Or how does our listeners get a CD? <laughs> yes, of course. Maybe a month ago, I did a live kitchen concert. A friend of mine, Jason McKay, out of Prince Albert, was the one that set this up. And I played right here in my living room. And <laughs> I got like 8.9K views on that video. So I was just shocked, like, holy man, like, there's a lot of people that are listening to my music. Mm-hmm. So I got a bunch of requests. How can we get the CD? So I give them my email to give me an inbox okay. or, or or a message on Facebook. Excellent. And yeah, and then that's how it was all coming in. And then basically they do an e-transfer of $20, and then I'd go to the post office, and I'd send out however many CDs they wanted. It's a great world, eh? The new world and the new way of doing uh arts you know doing our arts awesome adam do you have a favorite song on that album from 2016 is there one that you really are proud that was in that collection yeah i'd have to say the seven step is my favorite the secret i can play the seven step it was one of the first songs i learned from john arcan and i'm oh, yeah. not very good but i for you if you're in pa i might i might pull out the fiddle and play it for you <laughs> <laughs> awesome adam your album in 2016 is so wonderful there's a song on there we're using for the podcast it's called buffalo gals can you tell our listeners about that song and what it was like recording it Oh, Buffalo Gals is a really, really old tune. Comes from the Red River area on southern Manitoba, down that way, where the uh, the Métis were really big and strong back in the day. I think that's how that tune came to be. And then, like I say, being a fiddle player is like being a storyteller because you're 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 bringing people's emotions out. And you're bringing hundreds and hundreds of years of tradition out by playing a certain tune that's that old. It connects us to our ancestors. It's, it brings our Métis culture to life for sure. 
Are you going to do any more recording, another CD in the future, Adam? Where are you now? Are you thinking about uh, going back down that path anytime soon? Oh, yes. Yeah, I definitely plan on recording another CD in the future. And I've been already scouting out a couple of places of where to record. Yeah, it's really uh, coming along. But um, I think the longer you play the violin, the more you practice, the more you hone your skill, I guess. is It becomes very, how do you say it? The way I played 20 years ago is not how I play today. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The character over the years has built the way it sounds, the way it feels, all of that, right? Oh, it's a, it's a journey. There's no doubt about it. Um, music is a journey. Adam, do you think that um, you're going to use more of the Michip and Cree in your future um, music? Do you Because you speak your, your language. Do you see your titling albums in, in using the language? How how do you feel about language and culture in your music? I feel it's very important because my music is the language and it is the culture, right? Mm. Because it comes from us. Everything always ties in. When we say culture and language, they are the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music is also tied in there. All of the land-based activity that we do, the trapping the uh, hunting, preparation of furs, the dancing, the way we speak, the way we live, the things that we believe, it's all tied into one ball. Yeah. Oh, geez, that's so true. I, w- I agree with you 100%. Adam, do you have any um, memorable public performances that you could share with our listeners? I know you've played at Batosh. I've seen you in PA performing. Do you have any memorable performances you can share with us? Many. Many. Um, mm. I played in a lot of places like Batosh and been seen by many. I've played at a folk festival once in Las Vegas. Oh. And, yeah, believe it or not. <laughs> and uh, we were on uh, Fitzgerald Street, you know, where they have the big overhead lights and there's all these stages, and right? I was uh, ripping up the fiddle in Las Vegas and all these Texans came around the corner with their big cowboy hats and they were all jumping around, right? So it kind of made me feel a little at home. <laughs> but but, I, but I'd have to say the most memorable performance I've had was playing for the Bicentennial back home in Alacross. Yeah, because Alacross was, I think, 1776, mm-hmm. right? Yep. right? To, to 2020, so that's what... 200, 243, 244 yeah. years old around. Mm-hmm. And, and I was honored to be asked to be one of the fiddle players to take the stage at that that centennial, bicentennial celebration. There was a lot of important people there from everywhere. And there was people that came back home that haven't been home in like 50 years. And then you go walking in the crowd and you start talking to people and then they're like, oh, this is where I'm from. This is my family. And I'm mm. like, wow. So it was really memorable for me to feel that, that wakutu, and I guess, mm-hmm. that, that kinship bond. Yeah. And, and to meet family that I've never seen before. And to play for 
some of the best dancers in the country were there. And uh, I got to stand on the stage and play the fiddle. Oh, what an honor. What a yeah. complete honor. Jeez. Mm -hmm. So proud of you. Um, I'm going to just ask you a, a couple more questions, Adam. Is you graduated from Suntep Prince Albert. You have a teaching degree. Have you been able, since you've graduated with your teaching degree, been able to use your fiddle and your Métis culture and your teaching practice at all? Yes, I always try to incorporate the language, the culture, the music, when, where and whenever I can. Being a trained educator, sometimes is a challenge in today's world. I say that because of things like reconciliation, trying to think out of the box and trying to bring back that Indigenous part of who we are as a people and trying to bring that into the classroom sometimes is a task because of the way administration or leadership might see it. But still, I really try my hardest to bring it in, to make it a part. When I do, it's always a pleasure to see that the children uh, engage immediately, give me 100% attention. It's beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. You're lucky you have the bit gift to bring in a fiddle to your class to get attention of students. You know, yes. that's a, a wonderful gift you've been given. So I have another question here. What advice can you give a young Métis person wanting to learn to play fiddle? If I can do it, you can do it. Right? <laughs> right? I love it. <laughs> what a great no, like, like, really, like, uh, today... Actually, it would probably even be easier. Yeah. What with the technology we have today. Back in my day, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have nothing. You know, computers weren't really big yet. It was just a, a typewriter that was a box with a TV screen. So true, Adam. <laughs> and so, yeah, like if somebody wanted to learn today, there's so many options and there's so many different places a person can go. The school in my community, Isle of Cross, has a fiddle program. That place is just belting out fiddle players like top of the line. That's something to be proud of. Mm -hmm. yeah, and, it, and it's John Arkan actually that that goes there to uh teach them how to play good and i think vince henneke ha had a big role to play in that uh fiddle program too back in the day yes well adam i geez i think we got everything thank you so much for joining us today and uh thank you again and i look forward to your next album all right that's it for this episode of picky okay come and visit a Métis Nation of Saskatchewan and Canadian Geographic podcast. The QK is produced by David McGuffin of Explore Podcast Productions. Our opening and closing theme music is by Métis fiddler Adam Daniel and me, Leah Dorian. And if you enjoy this podcast, give us a five-star rating or write a review. Also, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes and tell your friends about us on social media. I'm Leah Marie Dorian. Until next time, keep up the midden. See you later.